You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that has a tuppence for you, my boy. <laughs> I'm Cody. I'm Sam. And I'm Samantha. We have a great show for you this week. Thank you all for tuning in. We have a bunch of news to go over, but first, let's talk about some things we have been checking out. Check it out! You know, you would think by this point, I would be sick of it. (laughs) I'm not sick of it. I forgot about it again. You forgot about it again. Caught me off guard. (laughs) We've been playing off mic. We've been playing clips from the, the Nerd Overload soundboard. For like 15 minutes yeah, I know. and you I forgot did, about the I check did, it out I song didn't think about it huh i'm concerned <laughs> <laughs> so uh the last couple weeks i've started with the checkums so you guys why don't you guys start with the the checkums this time around what have we done what do we got what uh, did you guys do we watched palm springs the other night yeah the new andy sandy amberg sandy amberg <laughs> the new sandy sandy amberg vehicle <laughs> the, the new samdy man <laughs> the new andy samberg movie that's on hulu it's a hulu original it's a like a time loop story like like your groundhog's day oh okay like your groundhog's day sure sure but but done in a clever and yeah. different way and with a kind of a romantic comedy bent to it Oh, it was really good. Yeah. I liked it. It wasn't like super lose it hilarious, but it was entertaining. Yeah. And it was a nice story. It's the only time loop movie I've ever seen where they, it's not really spoilers. You know, they're going to get out of the time loop. They get out of the time loop by learning a bunch of quantum physics. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That's, yeah. That's awesome. I like that. It's like, well, I've never seen that approach to yeah, it. Yeah, they never try to find a an actual mathematical reason for the time loop. They <laughs> Most movies, it just kind of, eventually they learn a life lesson and they're, they're out of it. <laughs> but I mean, they still learn a life lesson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I cool. think the back and forth between uh, Andy Samberg's character and J.K. Simons' character is my favorite. Oh, stuff. he's in there. Yeah. yeah. Spoil it. Well, J.K. Simons' character wants to kill Andy Samberg's character constantly. Oh, okay. That's the thing that happens between them. Their main interaction in the loop is that J.K. Simons' character just wants to kill him. Oh, over okay. and over again. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that that was pretty funny. Yeah. Interesting. Well, cool. I'm gonna have to check this out. He said it's a Hulu original. Yeah. Okay, right on, right on. Is this one that you think might have been in theaters had things been different? I bet. Probably. It, it was in drive-ins. That's oh, true. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then there you go. Yeah, that explains well, kind it. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I think it They're kind of theaters. It definitely would have been in regular theaters, I think, had we not been in the middle of the Troubles. The Troubles, yeah. This is a Lonely I mean, Island produced movie. Oh, it is. Movie. Oh, okay. Probably, like. Not like a huge amount, like Ingrid out west or whatever. Ingrid goes, yeah, I would have had an indie movie style run. Probably, sure, sure. It very much has that vibe. Okay. 
but that's cool that's cool i'm glad uh i'm glad there that was good yeah i I like seeing andy samberg do good things he's a he's a good actor it's it's not hot rod that's no hot rod which is another movie that's excellent for completely different reasons cool beans cool beans beans. my name is rod and i like to party (laughs) my name is steve and i too like to party No, I love that. Movie. Yeah, no, nobody parties but me. <laughs> yeah, the best part of that about that movie, the my the one that cracks me up more times than not, it's a uh, it has nothing to do with anything. But uh, what's his name? Uh, Bill Hader's character gets a piece of metal lodged in his head, and Rod has to take him to the hospital, <laughs> and they're having this this heart to heart conversation, and Bill Hader's character who is been kind of an airhead the entire movie is making a lot of really salient points <laughs> halfway through it Hader's character says did you know that your face looks like a mountain with an eagle like giving birth out out of it <laughs> and then the scene keeps going and they in making you know very good points and they drop him off at the hospital and goes all right see you later mountain face <laughs> And, and as the nurses come out to to greet Bill Hader, he picks up a trash can and starts like trying to fight them because he's he was like this close to just like going off because of the thing in his head. Jeez. I don't know why, but that every time, every time that and the scene where Rod is trying to act like an adult and he fills a grocery cart full of vodka because that's what adults do at the grocery store. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Oh, I love it. It's so <laughs> stupid, but I love it. I think that movie was ahead of its time. It really was, yeah. A few years later, either a few years later or a few years earlier, and it would have been really, really good. It came out just far enough after Anchorman, I think, that it kind of was like, oh, they're just trying to rip off the Anchorman style a little bit. A little, yeah. A, just enough. I mean, it, I mean, it's definitely... Not the same, but it's you know a little bit. Uh, we've watched a heck of a lot of Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't dug into the second season. Is it good? We watched the first episode of the second season. We hadn't seen all the first one, so we went back and watched all the first one, and then like the first two of the second. Oh, okay. And it's more of the same, which is good. That's because good. The first season was very good. Yeah. And I read the first trade of the comics too. Uh, yeah, okay. It was also very good. The first trade—that's the—that's the one with the, the white violin, right? The, yeah, the apocalypse. The apocalypse suite. suite. Yeah, a very good comic. And the, I know the first season was fantastic. I loved it. I think I binged it in like a day and a half. I bounced off it really hard the first time we watched it. And really? I have no idea why. Yes, huh. we watched it again and it was like, this is really good. Yeah, as soon as we went back, I'm just like, oh man, I love this. I was going to say, <laughs> it seemed really up you, up your guys' alley. Yeah. I don't but, know what, yeah. not in the mood or something. Yeah, it must have been like in a bad mood or something. But I, huh. And the comic is great too and it's different The enough. comic is great for its own different reasons. Yeah. 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 I think the show hits a lot of the same beats, but mm-hmm. gets to them in different ways. Yeah. Now, now, the season one uh, ties in a minor plot from uh, Umbrella Academy, Texas, which I think is the second trade. Dallas, yeah. Dallas, Dallas. And that's where the two uh, hitmen. Hazel and Cha-Cha. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what where I figured, because I'm like, they're not in this first trade at all. No, because if they would have just done the first trade, they would have had maybe four episodes. That's true. Yeah. But then we would have gotten to see the Eiffel Tower 
uh, turn into like a robot monster. And that would have been pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) But good. I'm glad to hear uh, the second season is more of uh, good things. I've been seeing some varying opinions online. Uh, mostly folks saying, oh, it's not like the comics, but it's never going to be like the comics. No. Doesn't so, Why? Yeah, the comics, it doesn't need to. Yeah. The exactly. comics exist. Like, if you want the comics, read. Like, read comics. It's interesting to see a different take on a story because now it's different. Yeah. I enjoyed both things for what they were. Yeah. Although it's it's interesting. I'm not sure because we've talked. We've I think we've danced on the line on various things uh, where the transition from comic to uh, movie or comic to TV series, where I'd like to think we are a little more open to like changes and deviations from from comic stuff. But where is that line? Where is it where okay they've taken it too far away from the source material? This is no longer good. I don't know because Be- like because that line is definitely there somewhere. The the Umbrella Academy comics are definitely a lot more comic bookie mm-hmm. than the show is like they have uniforms and code names that well they have them in the show too but they're not as big of a part like, right like they don't hardly ever call luther space boy except for you know like maybe two or three times because space boy's a dumb name yeah exactly <laughs> it's a dumb very comic booky name <laughs> yeah, and they, they don't have like the uniforms they have in the the comics either uh, number the Except time for, yeah number five number five i i am just far enough away from watching this the first season that uh I'll, i can remember the the large swaths of it and i can picture it in my head like certain scenes but like the yeah like that first fight scene with number five uh in the, uh, the donut, donut place with uh istanbul from uh they might be <laughs> giants plague that is fantastic and i that, love yeah. that scene and that's something you couldn't do in a comic book right it wouldn't work it wouldn't yeah. I mean, uh, sex criminals tried to do it that one time with a Queen th- song, and and like I got the gist, but it's not the same. It's not the same, <laughs> and that works solely based on the writing of Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky, because they are fantastic writers yeah. and artists, and they were at the top of their game when they did that. But uh, otherwise, yeah. So I guess, yeah, I don't know where that where the line is. I guess as long as your changes make sense and are and, there to enhance the medium that you're transitioning to, then they're okay. Like, like making Thor fat is okay, but making Superman a rage-filled outsider is not? Is that is that the line? Maybe. Because in, in terms of changes to the character, they're kind of similar because in the comics Thor never uh, got depressed and gained a bunch of weight and in the comics Superman never had parents that told him to hide (laughs) who he was and to be afraid of humans also he didn't really get like super mad all the time and he didn't have an anger management problem (laughs) he's a pretty good guy (laughs) yeah so I don't know you know what at the end of the show we're going to give you all of our contact information if you're listening Give us a call. Send us an email. We would love to hear what your opinion of where the line is from. And it's not just comics. This works for books as well. Transitioning from books to film or books to television. When you're changing from one media to another, where is the line of deviations from that media? I would love to hear opinions about this. I really would. This is a really fascinating topic. I would love to have a... I would devote a whole show to this kind of stuff. To this kind of talk, honestly. The thing that 
scares me the most about how much I like Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. is that if I listen to My Chemical Romance, <laughs> would I like it? They, they're not bad. I, I like My Chemical Romance. I think, I feel like the fan base being 14-year-old tweens, <laughs> tween girls, I think has... Okay, similar to, like, fanboys of, of like, Batman or fanboys of, oh, Deadpool. I love Deadpool. Deadpool. I love Deadpool so much. Oh, my God. I, th- I think the fan base has tainted the initial enjoyment of that. But I think once you get over that hump, a lot of the music is actually really good. The that- lyrics are decent. And the Black Parade's a, uh, a, um, it's a concept album. And I have a, I, I have a soft spot for concept albums. I, I love albums that tell a story and that's what that is yeah but I w- i'm like i like a lot of this stuff this gerard way guy's putting down am i gonna like mcr if i listen to it <laughs> you, you might you might actually enjoy it it's it's a little more pop punk than i think uh 30 somethings us <laughs> would enjoy however if you can put yourself in the mindset of 24 to 26 year old us i think i think it would be right there i think it would i think it would be fine Maybe we'll play that for our song for the for the week. Maybe, Who knows? Yeah. Why not? I mean, it might be a little hard for the for the morning crowd, but hey, why not? I've put a lot of time into Ghosts of uh, Tsushima as well. Oh yeah, the the, the latest PlayStation uh, exclusive game since Last of Us, which you know I wasn't really I didn't really get all the way into the Last of Us last week because we got ran out of time. Oh yeah, uh, but now I forget what my point was. Well, if it comes to you, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll get to it. But I mean, uh, so, so, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, is how is it? An awesome open world, like samurai, samurai good time. Like it's it's just wall to wall cool samurai stuff. Uh, hit people with a sword, wear a cool straw hat on your head. Okay, I was gonna ask: Is it uh, <laughs> actual samurai stuff, or is it Kurosawa it, style? Oh, it's, it's Kurosawa. Uh, uh, okay, perfect. That's perfect. At the perfect. beginning of the game, you they set like what kind of visual... You have some visual options, and mm-hmm. one of the options is literally Kurosawa mode, and it makes the game black and white. And kind and of grainy. And grainy, and actually lowers the frame rate to like a film Oh, that is rate. so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Kurosawa did Seven Samurai, just for folks yeah. who, yeah, her listening. Yeah, but no, that's so cool. <laughs> the only thing that that is kind of irks me is that he has to break his samurai code and like kill dishonorably. So he basically you become a ninja in your samurai game. Oh. And it's like if you want to make a ninja game, why don't you just make him a ninja? Because <laughs> samurais are cooler. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of of the warrior, the honorable warrior that refuses to do a sneak attack mm-hmm. and just like come get me now, like. Yeah. That, that was cool. And when they started to turn the other direction, I'm like, well, I'm enjoying the game, so I'll go with you. But I really like the idea where you couldn't do stealth because that's not the character. Yeah. Yeah, that's not who he is. Huh. Interesting. I wonder, do they at least try to explain it satisfyingly in the narrative of oh, why yeah. you're doing that? Okay, well, I, I can I can get by that he, then at least. He's the literally the last samurai left on the island after mongols attack so he had pretty much has to take any advantage he can get on this oh, whole okay. army of mongols yeah well then that 
I would say that that is uh, that's reason enough. I, I I would give that a pass. Yeah, maybe you know I want a samurai game where you be a samurai. Sure. Which sure. I guess I mean that exists. There's a series called Way of the Samurai mm. that is basically that, and I guess I could go play that if I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but then think... you wouldn't have the new. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And it wouldn't be a gorgeous open world experience. <laughs> the way it tells the story is really interesting because it's really open, but it still manages to kind of lead you into different stories that combine. Interesting. He's try- trying to grow an army, or not an army, but at least enough help to rescue his uncle who's captured by the Mongolians in a big castle somewhere. Oh, cool. And you just go along helping people out, and then after you help them, they help you kind of situation. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that sounds really, really cool. Now, is that a that's a PlayStation exclusive, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it probably won't be. Maybe, maybe you'll get lucky, and it'll be like a, a Horizon Zero Dawn situation where, like, in six years, it'll be on PC. <laughs> it'll be on PC, and yeah. It'll have a well. subpar port for the PC. <laughs> Hey, well, that's that's my lot in life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I like it more than I thought I would. I thought not, it'd be just okay, but it's it's actually really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've been hearing really good things about it. I haven't uh, uh, I haven't seen or heard too many negatives, so that's uh, that's awesome. Well, I have a couple of movies I watched. I can go uh, go and talk about. So, do you remember back back in the day, and by the in the day, I mean like five or six years ago, where they would sell those Mill Creek fifty pack DVD sets of like um, movies that oh, are yeah. those yeah. crummy movies, the low bad transfers, usually VHS rips of things. Half but of them are mystery science theater movies, like r- literally, literally, yeah. So. Uh, I I love those things, and I I remember when they were in stores, and I bought a ton of them, and I finally started going through and watching some of them. So uh, I'm going to talk about two movies from the one of the many sci-fi packs because I was in a mood. So the first one I want to talk about is called Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. It sounds really familiar. It should because is it a bad movie night movie? It's a bad movie night movie. <laughs> yeah. Starring Jesse the Body Ventura <laughs> and uh, another guy by the name of Sven Oli Thorson. Now, if that name sounds familiar and you are a fan of Kevin Smith movies, he is LaFour's the mall guard in Mallrats. <laughs> and it is a painfully Canadian film <laughs> in which two meat faced aliens come down to Earth and punch each other in the woods. <laughs> And does he get clonked on the head by a sock full of quarters? <laughs> I wish. I wish. No, they. Uh, th- there's a, a... The main plot of the movie is they're like space cops. And one space cop comes to Earth and is decided, I'm going to be a villain. I want to take over the Earth now or the universe. So I need to make a half human half alien baby but don't worry it doesn't get that it doesn't get gross he does he does a mr miyagi wax on wax off kind of thing to a woman and she immediately gives birth to a child don't worry about it um aliens just just go with me it's aliens in seven or eight years this kid is going to be born with a magical scientific formula that will give the guy ultimate power over the universe <laughs> and his former space cop partner jesse the body ventura has to come to earth 
and stumble through his lines while <laughs> punching this man in the face over and over and over again. It's it's not good. The only saving grace for the movie is whoever wrote it, whoever was dumb enough to come up with this concept must have been a fan of DC Comics because the name of the pseudoscience magical thing that this kid has in his head they called it the anti-life Life equation, equation. <laughs> yeah and for uh folks who don't know dc comics the villain dark side who is basically thanos for the dc comic universe they don't even look about the same. they look about the same they're about the same really um there's an argument to be made that thanos was kind of a knockoff of dark side but Darkseid's whole thing was he was in search of this thing called the anti-life equation, which is the mathematical equation that proves that resistance is futile. <laughs> Literally, that's what it is. And if he gains a hold of that, he can turn whoever he wants into a mind-controlled zombie because they've man mathematically proved that nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so, and so they name-check a DC Comics concept. And I looked it up to see if that was like a concept before all this. No, no, it's super not. Well. So that is the only positive I can give to this. It was, it was just. They stole something. It was just <laughs> terrible. Yeah, the best, th the best thing was not a concept made by them. It was made by Jack Kirby. But, uh, but no, the second movie I watched was called Star Night. Now this it was a Spanish movie that had uh, English uh, dubbing, bad English dubbing <laughs> over most of their characters, except for Harvey Keitel, who was the lone English actor in this, huh? or American actor in this. The weird thing is, the first half of the movie is a sword and sorcery movie. You're in a medieval castle with medieval knights and medieval everything, and they're talking about having to go slay a dragon, and there's a huge dragon over this hill, and we must defend the castle from the dragon. And 20 minutes in, you discover it's not a dragon. It's a spaceship. <laughs> and there's all this stuff about the princess falling in love with the guy, the spaceman from the from the castle. And there's also this whole thing with a magician trying to basically make the philosopher's stone out of science things from space. Played by a character actor named Klaus Kinski, who in B movies and bad movies, he's kind of a big deal. He mugs at the camera a lot. He's a, uh, a, a German actor who was very big in like the spaghetti Westerns and that sort of thing. And it culminates in Harvey Keitel in a jousting match with a man in a space suit. <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about this movie because one, the concept is good enough that taken and tweaked and reworked with modern day effects and stuff. It could be like a limited series on Netflix. The idea of a medieval set show with one futuristic sci-fi thing mixed in. That's, that's interesting. It reminds me a lot of the star ocean series of mm. games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, which a are bit. anime star Trek and they always end up going to some medieval planet yeah and it just becomes a jrpg at that point yeah so it's kind of <laughs> like the, the the flip of that yeah it's interesting the other thing is the writing and the direction of this it was all over the place and i'm not sure i'm not sure who the targeted audience was and i'm not sure what tone they were going for because 
it definitely wasn't a comedy, <laughs> but there was a lot of physical comedy and pratfalls and <laughs> and goofy uh, like bad Mel Brooks when someone's being a trying to be Mel Brooks and doing it a bad job. <laughs> oh no! So there was a lot of that, but there wasn't enough to make it a comedy. But it wasn't supposed to be an action or sci-fi or fantasy movie because <laughs> there was too much goofy pratfalls and and wackiness. There's too much tomfoolery. I think Mel Brooks style humor is the most difficult to. Oh there, well, there's only one person that can do it <laughs> exactly, and his name's Mel Brooks. <laughs> the other thing is, if they were going for a an all ages kind of story, they totally could have. And it would explain some of the comedy bits. But then why was there full frontal nudity in it? Why was there lots of full frontal nudity in it? Like, I, I'm not a prude, but pick a lane. You pick a lane and you stick to it. If you if if you want to have an all-ages fantasy sci-fi movie for kids, great. If you want a, a screwball comedy with this weird out there whatever premise, Awesome. If you want to make a hard sci-fi, hard fantasy for the adults in the audience, great, awesome. Mixing them all together, it just <laughs> it just doesn't work. It just doesn't float. I just don't know, but I just like the premise of the movie. I think done properly and done with today's budget and today's sensibilities, anyone could watch that and go, oh my God, it's Game of Thrones, but also Star Wars. <laughs> Let's do this and yeah. make a million billion Everybody dollars. Everybody loves both of those things. Everybody loves those things, so let's put them together like a Reese's cup. <laughs> All right, well, hey, let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, we'll get into some uh, some of our other stuff.
Hey, we're back. That was the Aquabats with Karate Body. New track from them, right? Yeah. Brand yeah. new. Just came out, you know, like a, maybe a week ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So brand new track from them. We tried to find something from My Chemical Romance, and everything is just this side of a little bit too much. Eh, it's okay. It happens. Anyway, let's get into a little bit of news. said that weird because i had a burp coming oh, no. <laughs> all right so anyway let's go ahead and get into our news and the first thing we want to talk about is uh star wars star wars news star wars news <laughs> <laughs> oh that felt a little too nerd crew <laughs> what that you just the whole star wars news moment <laughs> <laughs> sorry do you want me to throw a little bit of uh a little bit of mask in there? Sure. Boom! Somebody stop me! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they are doing a new Star Wars holiday special. Uh, it's Lego Lego holiday special. It's interesting just to see them even touch the concept. Yeah, not only are they touching the concept. So this is a Lego. It's they do a lot of these. It's kind of like the Lego movie or the Lego Batman movie, but they uh, the Lego company they do a lot of direct to video, a lot of direct to DVD things, uh, mostly Star Wars and DC Comics based Garbage. stories. Nin- Ninjago, <laughs> yeah. there's an entire Ninjago TV series with this with this kind of stuff. I've tried to watch one of the DC Comics ones. I'm they're like, not. Well, yeah, they're I'm like, okay, but I'm they're like, not. Well, the Lego movie was good. Maybe this is no, good. No, oh. it's, no, it's for kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very for kids. However, this one might be a little different. So this is going direct to Disney+, Plus, and it's being re- released near the end of November. So plenty of time for, for watching it around the holidays. And the writer of this has said, with, with no uncertain terms, there will be references to the 1970s <laughs> Star Wars holiday special. We don't know what references, but they're going to be there. I mean, Mandalorian already made Life Day a canon thing. Yeah, so. and, and so will this. Uh, the The story is Ray Pin... Pin. That's their ship name, I guess. <laughs> Ray, Finn, Poe, and BB-8 have to help Chewbacca get back to Kashyyyk for Life Day. To see his son Lumpy. To see his son Lumpy and his <laughs> wife Mala, and and his and his granddad Itchy Itchy Baka. <laughs> Maybe Jefferson Starship will be there. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm I am morbidly curious oh, to yeah. see how this goes and what kind of references they throw in. I know she is past, but will we see a Lego B. Arthur? I'm hoping so. Good. Who knows? There should have been a Lego Golden Girls set they sh- b- before there was ever a Big Bang Theory one. I agree. Uh, but that's not neither here nor there. Yeah. Say, <laughs> like, where's that bro? I agree. No, but I I mean, I agree with you. B. Arthur made me think of Golden Girls. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is kind of interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. And maybe it'll have, maybe it'll break the mold of the four kids only direct to DVD Lego movie kind of stigma if anything could do it star wars mm-hmm. i guess i guess I there is a lot of star wars content that is kids 
only adults wouldn't enjoy. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I just, whenever I think of the Life Day special, the original one, the holiday special, I think of that quote from, from George Lucas. If I had time and a hammer, I would go out and destroy every single copy of the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> and then he made the prequels that are almost as bad. <laughs> Hey, hey, it was always my intention to, to put CGI monsters in the background of 30-year-old movies. It's always my intention. But yeah, I'd watch, especially since it's on a streaming service and oh. I can put it on and then turn it off and be out nothing. Yeah. However, we could do that and be out nothing. You know what you couldn't turn on and turn off and be out nothing? The Mulan movie. Yeah, and possibly Black Widow. And possibly Black Widow. We're rolling into the next topic. Here we go. So yeah, Disney has announced that their live-action Mulan movie, the one that was going to be in theaters, and then the troubles happened. And then they pushed it back like at least three times. At least three times, yeah. It is going to be released to Disney+. Plus. However, there is a one-time fee of $30 to watch this. $29.99. And... Now this unlocks top, it for unlimited on use. top of your Disney Plus. On top of yeah, see that's that's the thing right there. It's on top of your already what fifteen bucks a month. Is that what it is for a uh, Disney Plus? I think it's between seven and fifteen. I know those. That's usually what the streaming prices are. And and ever since they finished Mandalorian, it's real. There's really hard to justify want, it. To justify fifteen dollars. Yeah. Nope, I agree. I totally agree. So this is. I don't know if a ton of people are going to do this for the Mulan movie. Now, granted, it looked pretty good. It looked like they were changing the source material enough from the animated film to this that it would be good and and worth doing a an adaptation of. I would have saw it in theaters. I would have too, yeah. But I don't know if I'm going to spend $30. <laughs> and how much could a movie cost, Michael? $30? Could it cost $30? Yeah. In fact, I think that was the intro to our show last week, <laughs> yeah, but was. we didn't actually talk about it last week. Um, so they're they're going to do this with Mulan for certain, but the theory is they're also going to do this with Black Widow. And therein lies the issue, because I'm not going to spend this for Mulan. But you got to see Black Widow. You got to see Black Widow, though. So, you, so what are you going to do? If you don't see Black Widow, you'll be at out some information for 15 other movies <laughs> yeah i mean it's you know when they can start making movies again when when movies start to be a thing again <laughs> yeah so i don't know i don't know if if they're gonna get me with the black widow the next but... avengers movie is just a zoom call with all of it... your favorite heroes <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a convenient villain that they all have to fight individually yeah. <laughs> within six feet of each other Oh, they, this villain has trapped us in a computer in these eight these separate little... squares. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Evil oh, no. Roomba. <laughs> what? Evil Roomba. Evil Roomba. <laughs> yeah, it's Tom Holland rolling around his apartment fighting his Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'd watch that. Yeah, I would too. That would be pretty great. <laughs> oh no, Ultron's back, and he's taking control of all computer equipment. Oh. We have 45 minutes to stop him because that's when the Zoom trial expires. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not paying 30 bucks to. I'll find. I'll find a way. 
Well, yes, much <laughs> much like the the great um, Doctor, what's his name from Jurassic Park? Boy, I screwed Robotnik. that one up, but whatever. What the <laughs> like like the great Doctor said in the in that dinosaur movie, life finds a way. Life will do it somehow. <laughs> life will figure it out. <laughs> when is it releasing? I don't know, and that would have been good information. It would have been good information to know. So I mean, if it's still like summerish, I wonder if drive-ins would play it. Maybe yeah, that could be. Yeah, I'd that's watch a good drive-in. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. And uh, or if Disney I... would like put a kibosh on that. Yeah, I might. Uh, who knows. Yeah, I could see them being weird about that. They did let them play Empire at drive-ins recently, so Empire Strikes Back. Oh. <laughs> they, what? I love to just call it Empire, and then everybody's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so maybe I should not do that. It is being released September fourth, and it is saying exclusively stream Mulan with premiere access on Disney Plus. So I'm guessing it's not coming to theaters unless. There's Unless. some rogue drive-in operators. <laughs> oh no! Of drive-in operators gone maverick. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna hook up their uh, their laptop to the projector. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna buffer halfway through the film. Yeah. <laughs> you get weird ads. Yeah. <laughs> Ad for Grammarly. Grammarly. Yeah. 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 Uh, I get a lot for Zenny Optical now because I bought one pair of cheap glasses and now all of my ads are Zenny Optical and D&D books. Go figure. Huh. Yeah, I got a, a lot of Grammarly ones today. Mm. I don't know why that is. I actually use Grammarly. I don't use, I use the free version. It's a good, uh, it's a good keyboard replacement for your phone. Not, this is not sponsored yeah, by don't, Grammarly. Don't, don't give them free, <laughs> no, free ads. No, I mean, I mean, they're junk and terrible. Don't do it. <laughs> They're definitely not good for using words and stuff. <laughs> so I went to sleep on my Casper mattress last <laughs> night. <laughs> Hunt a killer. <laughs> Qu- quip the toothbrush. <laughs> we'll mill you a toothbrush. <laughs> we got like knockoff quip toothbrushes that they were selling at Meyer. Oh yeah. And they're pretty good. I yeah. imagine I imagine a quip toothbrush is pretty good. I could tell you. They're pretty good. <laughs> it got me. Which podcast got you? Uh, which one was it? You know what? It might have been uh, the Polygon show. Those ads with uh, uh, Simone trying to do the ad and uh, Allegra just totally tanking it on purpose. <laughs> just totally snowballing it. It was great. Anyway, we should get back to the news. We we went on a bit of a tangent there. So we talked about uh, Disney and Marvel doing films online and having a very clear idea of how their businesses are going to run. Do you know who is having trouble with this? Do you know who is having trouble visualizing their corporate structure? DC and Warner Brothers. (laughs) Why is that? Well, so Warner Brothers owns DC Comics much in the same way Disney owns Marvel Comics. And while Disney allows Marvel Comics to do whatever they want, typically, within reason, and has a kind of a uh, symbiotic relationship between their comics division and their film cinematic division. They know that one feeds into the other. Warner has decided to buck the trend to to not do the popular thing and lay off like 600 people from their DC Comics division, including a lot of editors uh, and a lot of writers, artists, right down the line. It is kind of troubling that they 
got rid of so many people in one fell swoop. It was like last Friday. <laughs> they said it was because of COVID, but like I don't believe that. You know what yeah. you can make you can work on by yourself? Comic a, books. A comic book. Yeah, I don't believe that for one <laughs> yeah. second. I I was talking with my dad earlier today and we were talking about this and it kind of dawned on me. So when Disney bought Marvel, I don't remember if we if I said it on the show or if it came up in conversation before it, but the one thing I was kind of worried about was Disney was going to gut Marvel and drop their book output to maybe two or three books total, just enough to retain the rights of their major characters so that they could be basically in a holding pattern so that uh, Disney could retain the rights for film purposes and <laughs> the comics end of things would be completely wiped out. Turns out I was wrong about that. It looks to me like that is what is happening at DC Comics, that Warner does not care about their comics arm of their corporation. They don't care about any of the, that stuff. They just want to be able to retain Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the big names, and let everything else kind of flutter and fall away. So they've been doing a lot of weird stuff lately, like dropping out of, with Diamond. Drop. That's the other thing that, that that's pointing me towards this. So they're going. They're dis, They're distributing only by themselves. They're pushing for digital only. They're they've let go of entire like departments of their comics. But no, they they got rid of Black Label. They got rid of the young young animal young animal, which is the Gerard Way, the My Chemical Romance. Bring it that back around. <laughs> um, that was the one that was spearheaded by him. That took over when Vertigo the that imprint was gone. That's where your weird stuff like uh, Doom Patrol and uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye legitimately that's the name of a comic book <laughs> all their weird stuff that's gone the the young dc uh for uh young readers division you're gone tiny titan tiny titans that stuff that's gone your scooby-doos what i'm af what i'm afraid of is they're going to pare things down to to where they are putting out a batman a superman maybe a wonder woman and a justice league three or four books tops and because that would be just enough that they can justify saying, well, we could have a green arrow show up at some point. So we're going to keep the rights. We could have <laughs> a booster gold show up. I know he's obscure, but he might show up. So we're going to keep the rights. And it just is in constant purgatory until they decide to use them in their films. I, I think that's what's happening. And that's a real shame. Like a real, yeah. real shame. Hey, Sam from the future cutting in. Uh, as I was editing this week's episode, news broke that DC is canceling comic titles Batgirl, Batman and the Outsiders, Justice League Odyssey in October, as well as Teen Titans, Young Justice, Suicide Squad, Hawkman, and John Constantine Hellblazer in November, along with the possibility of Aquaman ending and the limited series Batman, The Grave, and The Metal Men, all ending very soon. So this adds a little more credence to the conversation we are having currently. Now back to past Sam, Cody, and Samantha. You don't know what to add to that. Yeah. I put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, yeah I know. I feel for those 600 people who lost their jobs for no good, real good reason. I do too, because it's not, it's not easy to self-publish or go to a smaller publisher or Marvel. It's, it's not, it's not easy. 
getting into comics, comics is not exactly a booming industry. It's held its own, but it's not exactly on the rise. So yeah, I I feel for them. I hope they can I hope they can get stuff uh, uh, figured out. I, I I hope Warner has a heck of a severance package. Yeah. Okay. Next topic. <laughs> we gotta we gotta hit this Fortnite thing. We we got to because it's wild and okay. You know more breaking. about this yeah, than I do. I, I, I you just barely told me. <laughs> this is happening right now yeah. as we're recording. We're recording so, this on Thursday. Earlier today on Thursday. Epic changed the way that you buy V-Bucks, which is the premium currency in Fortnite, I guess. Okay, who is Epic? Epic is Epic is the game company that makes Fortnite. Okay. What is Fortnite? Fortnite is uh, the game the kids play. Okay, good. <laughs> the Battle Royale shoot game. Is that the one with the floss? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and there was like a... A bit. There's been like concerts in there, and they played movies in there, and it's like this weird. It's the Oasis from Ready Player One. Is so okay. Yeah, <laughs> this is the one where where the kids do the TikTok with the Fortnite dance, and then they, Emperor Palpatine will show up because that is canonically the beginning of the last yeah. uh, Star Wars film. And then you build a wall, and then you shoot a kid, and then you shoot a kid. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they they changed the the cost of the V Bucks. They made them cheaper, and then they made it so you're buying them directly from Epic, cutting out Apple from their and Google from their like fifteen percent. I think something they like get that. On I every thirty. Oh, is it thirty? Oh, oh, wow, yeah. That okay. is that is a lot. Yeah. Uh, they cut Apple and Google Play Store from their cut of each in-app purchase. Mm-hmm. It's because that's that's one of the important things about um, Fortnite. You can play it on anything. Yeah, it, for or free. For free. It was on Apple devices. It was on consoles. It was on. I mean, heck, even the Google Stadia <laughs> had it, and I mean, you can't play it well. But the Stadia had it. Yeah, I mean, you could play it on the Switch, which is saying something. It's, that's saying something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Apple doesn't like not getting their piece of the pie, so they straight up kicked it out of the App Store, made it so you can't download Fortnite anymore. Oh, wow. Which is kind of a big deal. That's kind of a huge deal. Now, will this being kicked out of the App Store mean that people who have it on their Apple devices will have it dis- magically disappear from their Apple devices? You know, I don't know. I've read because, articles and I haven't seen one way or the other. Okay, because I mean I don't I didn't have it on a device before, so I yeah. wouldn't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if it disappears that way yeah, because I could see it going either way. Yeah. So in retaliation to that, Epic is suing Apple. Oh wow. And uh and they did this whole like parody short film within Fortnite that's like a parody of those 1984 commercials they did when they introduced oh. the Macintosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. kind of sticking it to Apple thing. Wow. It's wild, and it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top in this one. Yeah, because that is going to, if if Fortnite wins, that will set a precedent for any other game developer to circumvent their uh premium currency plan right yeah but if apple wins then they will no longer have the money that fortnite players and the and the because hey if you're if you're on fortnite on your phone you may as well again may as well get a tiktok of you doing the fortnite dance while you're while you're waiting for your next match to load up you know (laughs) that sort of thing so it's 
That's fascinating. I hadn't I hadn't thought about the the lawsuit angle of yeah. this. And, and I I feel like kids probably play it more on their phones than they do anywhere else. I mean, oh, I, sure. don't, I don't know any kids, but I don't I, know children, <laughs> yeah. but if they but if I did, I would imagine they played the Fortnite on the phone. On the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so old. Yeah. <laughs> My nephew was playing it on his PlayStation. That's wasn't true. He? But no, this is wild. This is wild news, and I cannot, I honestly cannot wait to see where it goes, because this is, this is big. The thing that sucks, though, is it's just two big companies that already have too much money squabbling over who gets 30% of money they don't even really need. I guess the best way they this could end up is that Apple, like, lessens their stranglehold on their own store yeah like that either yeah. lowers their ungodly large percentage thir- yes. of 30 percent or just opens it up for everyone for indies and yes and smaller companies that would be great absolutely so i guess epic is who you would want to root for in this situation if you had to yeah yeah i mean there's no one's no one's a real hero in this one but if you had to pick one i guess it's it's the epic. Did you say that it got removed from Google? Because it did too. The yeah. Play Store. Yep. It got yeah. removed from the Google. Oh, store that's right. Well. Yeah. I think I think we were just talking about Apple, but yes, the Google Store as well. So, it's yeah, that's I huge. I don't know if they're suing Google. I I don't think so. I think it's just Apple right now. Really? That's weird, because Apple and Google are kind of on the same level. Yeah, Epic is suing Google now too. That happened about 10 minutes after we stopped recording. Okay, so let's uh, let's do a couple a couple more here. Listen, we got to talk about this Blazing Saddles thing. <laughs> I, I we we got to. And you know more about the background of this than I do, but you know how Blazing Saddles is an amazing movie that everyone likes to point at and to and say this is a movie that couldn't be made right now. Even though it absolutely could. Because... Even though, one, it absolutely could, and two, it almost couldn't have been made back then. There was only one person that could have made Blazing Saddles, and his name was Mel Brooks. It would not have worked any other way. Well, as it turns out, they're making a remake of Blazing Saddles. Kind of. It, kind of. Okay, so picture this. Blazing Saddles... But instead of cowboys and Indians, they're samurai. Okay? I mean, that and that kind of makes sense. I mean, the, the samurai movies and cowboy movies, you know, Seven Samurai, Magnificent yeah. Seven. You can, it's not great. Samurai. But you can see. Samurai are just Japanese cowboys. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you can kind of see the strings a little bit there, I guess, right? What if I said it's also animated? Okay. That's the only way you can make a movie now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Very true. You can't you can't do movies face to face anymore, but and I guess that way they can get away with a little more frat folly stuff, I suppose. The there there's been good. <laughs> there have been animated movies that are for adults or for an older crowd. It can work. Heavy metal. <laughs> Heavy metal being being one. What if I said it's a family film about cats and dogs? But not the family film Cats and Dogs. Oh, God, no. <laughs> or Cats and Dogs 2, the return of... I forget the... Never I mind. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but no. I almost just said the Bond character's name. <laughs> <laughs> Blazing Samurai 
a pseudo remake of Blazing Saddles starring cats and dogs set in a Japanese town is going to be a movie for for families and this has been in like development hell for I think probably decades at this point for a reason because it's a terrible idea <laughs> now here's the question if 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 you're told okay Cody you absolutely have to do this film you can't say no how do you make it do you go fully for the kids and take out take its legs out completely do you go hard R do you just do blazing saddles do you have animated creatures saying saying words that no animated creature should ever say <laughs> things that I cannot say, that I would love to say on radio right now but absolutely cannot oh I don't know I feel like they're probably gonna aim it at kids right that's the thing no one knows there's been maybe three pictures and yeah, a, I'm, I'm, and a thing that says from from the minds behind some animated movie and some of the folks behind Blazing Saddles, which they would put Mel Brooks's name on it if Mel Brooks was a part of it, you would think. Yeah. That you wouldn't want that cachet. So some other producer maybe was part of. I'm looking at the poster and it's not great. No, it's not great. It's, it's a big fat samurai cat's butt. My guess is that's Mongo. And it says prepare to crack up. That's where you put the laugh in. Oh, I don't have a laugh track. Give me the rim shot. Yeah, that's... I'm guessing that's Mongo. Probably. Oh, it's got Ricky Gervais. Oh, no. Oh, oh it's going to be oh, a... He's the bad guy. It's got Michael... Michael Sarah is the dog. Okay, no. Uh, Ricky Gervais is the bad guy. Sumo the gentle giant. They're not even calling him Mongo? No. What? George Takei's in it. Oh Mel my. Brooks is the Shogun. So that's that's how they're getting around it. They're saying, oh, it has... Mel Brooks is totally on board. He'll bang out all of his lines in an afternoon. It's got Mel B. If, if you want a Spice Girl in your movie. There's two Mel B's in this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so this is a terrible idea that shouldn't happen, right? Right, yeah. Yeah trying to find out when they started working it looks like they started working on it in 2016 wow so, uh, doofa six years six years of development that's that's not great folks and it's changed uh rights uh from different film companies and it's been a mess and it's gonna come out a mess that's oh my yeah guess. yeah this is gonna be really bad all right, well, hey, we have hit time, so let's go ahead and wrap things up for the week. You have been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. You can also find <laughs> us on all of our social medias, whether that be Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, or the bad website Twitter at Nerd Overload Now. You can email us at staff at nerdoverload.com. You can give us a call on the Nerd Overload hotline, uh, leave us a voicemail, and we might play it on the show. The number for that is 586-372-8020. Tell us which Mel Brooks movie they should make a cartoon of. <laughs> and you can't say Spaceballs, because they already did that and it was bad. <laughs> you can also find all of our back episodes on various podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. 
And finally, I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff at davidpencil.com. So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Here's where I'd tell you to go listen to my SoundCloud, but I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs>